You're listening to the Kate Podcast. WizardAmusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jared Morgan. Hello, everybody. How goes it, Jared? I swear I just talked to you. Yeah, it just seems like no yesterday. Weird, like like we're recording midweek or something. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, right. It's... Why in the world would we be doing that? Oh, I know. We have a special treat for everybody. That's Joining right. us today from Farsight are the uh, UI developers, the brand new UI, uh, and the community manager. So we got uh, Mike Lindsay. Say hello, Mike. Hey, guys. And we also have Lee, who is the, uh, what'd you say, graphics designer for the uh, 2D interface? Yep, you got it. And we have Ben, who is the programmer of the UI. Hi. G'day, guys. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, currently the podcast is in uh, beta form and being publicly beta tested on the PC. Um, how long do you guys think that we're going to be playing with beta before it actually goes uh, gold, I guess? Uh, we're thinking probably uh, be about a month in beta, maybe a little bit longer, and then we should be releasing on PC. And then after that, you're going to start doing uh, beta for the mobile platforms? Yes. <clears throat> so it's going to be a little while of uh, tinkering, and therefore I'm assuming you guys are hoping to get lots of feedback from, uh, from this beta to see where people's thought processes are. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. I think get all the uh, all the stuff ironed out, make it super nice for everybody. Cool. So let's go back a little ways because this is uh, guy. Okay, when did this all start? Probably at least well, almost two years ago, maybe. Was that something? Yeah, right? it was a while ago. We actually, uh, I think we announced it two years ago on our on our twelve days of Christmas right. uh, Facebook event that we usually do. Yep. <laughs> And uh, and now it's finally uh, it's finally in beta. Now, when it was announced back then, was it uh, Lee? Were you just basically presenting something as a, a new presentation and hoping it was going forward, or was it actually actively being developed at that point? It was actually uh, being uh, developed and programmed. We had a playable version. Oh wow! Up and running. Um, not not nearly as far along as the current one is, though. So, Lee, those screenshots that were shared lots of like two years ago now, they were actually like proper screenshots. They weren't mock-ups. Uh, they were mock-ups, um, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they, I think they were. Okay, so uh, sort of like wireframes. Right, yeah, that was not, that was not uh, in-game footage. Mm. Oh, okay. Now, I'm trying to think, uh, me and Jared were debating this. Is this technically the third UI? I seem to remember there being a, another interface on at least the, the PS3 before the current version that we've uh, all known for the past. Uh, you oh, mean the, uh, the, Williams, the Williams collection and stuff in the Gottlieb collection? No, I want, I, I, well, that's where I might be confused. I could have sworn there was one right when it first came out on the PS3, and I want to say it scrolled left to right. Um, it was just the tables. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't here. I wasn't here right in the beginning, and I haven't seen that myself, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you know what? You got you got new guys here who probably are. That's probably before all of our time. (laughs) (laughs) Not entirely surprising. Um, So, what with uh, with the current UI that we've all been dealing with, and the new UI that's coming through, apart from the unwieldiness of having now, you know, 60 plus tables to, uh, to scroll through. Um, what was the driving push to now make this an active uh, component that Farsight was going to uh, develop and put out? Yeah. You know, the um, table, the number of tables was definitely a, a driving factor. Um, also just the general look of the old or the current UI is uh is very uh, uh, 90s. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely could use some updating, and, and it wasn't it wasn't didn't feel really polished, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there things with the old UI that uh, you kind of felt saddled with that you were trying to just make do with as long as you possibly could, and with this new UI, you're going to be able to fully take advantage of everything you guys have planned. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times we like every like the challenge modes. Yeah, we wanted to add the challenge modes in, and uh, we we're like, okay, we well we we need the button on the main menu somewhere to be able to do that. You know, we just kind of threw stuff in wherever we could wherever we could fit it. <laughs> Another really big problem we ran into was uh, when we started having multiple seasons and and being able to buy the different tables we ran out of room real fast on the main menu mm. yeah i remember like it all the previous seasons and then the current season right yeah we were actually having to throw options into a lot of just crazy places where it was hard you know difficult for the user to find so it was definitely due for an update so the user would be able to get around the interface a lot more quickly and get to things like the table of a month much more quickly, you know, just have it right out there on the front. Well, I love seeing it right there on the front. Um, I mean, especially if you've like, okay, fine on the PC where I have most of the tables, but if I go on my phone where I don't have any of the tables and I just want to see what the free table of month is, yes, it'll be just boom there. Yeah. It's going to be really nice. And then uh, also, I mean, like you mentioned with the, basically the storefront, um, it'll help identify easier what you need to buy, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. That uh, <laughs> we really want to be able to show what you own and what you don't own and what's available in a really nice, easy-to-look-at format. Right. The icons that are currently on uh, the UI, um, I, w- I was describing it in our last podcast that some of them are still not quite as intuitive. I mean, it's one of those things where I think that once I start playing with it, I'm going to understand. But even just uh, when we were speculating what the icons were, um, we were like, I have no idea what that might wind up being. Um, are they placeholders more or less, or are they still in the tweaking phase? What is basically, I should ask, is what are we going to be tweaking in the beta versus what we visually are seeing um, I assume you're talking about the icons across the, like the main menu. Yeah. You know, things like the, the one where it was just the flipper and the ball, uh, or then there was one next to it that was the controller. Um, I mean, we all understand the universal symbol of the, the gear being that's your settings, uh, button. 
Yeah. Um, since they are icons, there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve there, mm-hmm. just kind of a, an adjustment. Um, the actual icon may, may change. It's not impossible that it may change. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you could always do things like put some long press hover text over it for the mobile interface, or, you know, if you can sort of like select and leave the cursor on there for a bit, you can give a tool tip or something like that, which might work around some of the, the initial learning curve. Yeah, one thing we were, uh, that is not in the beta is we're hoping as soon as to have a screen, as soon as you open the arcade mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, have like, be like a help screen, like one of those help screens that kind of points arrows and tells you what everything is. Oh, right. Let's oh, okay. overlay type of thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, kind of, you know, orient people better. Mm, that'd be good. I will say in the limited uh, time that I've spent with the UI, um, just kind of, you know, futzing around and, and poking about, seeing what the potential was there. Um, then I had to, in order to play the tournament, since the current uh, build, the scores were kind of messed up uh, for how they were displaying. So I went back to the old build and immediately was like, no, I want the new one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's already effective just even in this state. Um, just visually, uh, I I mean, again, once I, once I loaded up the screen and saw all the tables, I mean, that really is an impact when you see exactly how many tables you guys have produced. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's a, a little deceiving. It feels like there's, there's not very many tables, but there are quite a few. <laughs> well, and then when you start scrolling, it's like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> now how difficult was it to apply all of the, um, you're allowing us to sort the tables in all manner of different, uh, fashion. Um, was that a difficult thing to implement or was it kind of just go with the flow easy once you had it programmed in? Uh, sorting implementation wise, I mean, once all the tables were there and displaying, sorting isn't all that difficult. I mean, it's basically just sorting based on the name of the table or manufacturer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the the more difficult probably the most difficult part of implementing the sorting was just the graphical portion of it all. Um, Cause there are a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff we're doing on the new UI that wasn't in the old ones. So there's a lot of new code that had to be written. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to be the UI as we're seeing it with the PC? Is it going to be very similar to what we see on the mobile that, that's what we're hoping, yeah. One of our goals going into this was to have a really consistent theme that would go across all of our platforms that we support. Uh, there's going to be some, there's going to be inevitably some things that will have to change across platforms. Sure, though. especially when on phone or mobile, a lot of times people are playing in, uh, you know, landscape mode versus portrait mode or vice versa, um, you know, just the very nature of how you hold your phone. Is there anything being pushed through? I know that at one time there was talk, um, and I'm assuming that it's still kind of there, with uh, one of the reasons why you needed the U, the new UI was because of, I think, certain tournament settings that you guys are going to be doing and whether you're going to be adding head-to-head play to this. That's our, that's our dream. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, uh, we would love to have head-to-head in there. Um, and it's actually, um, I believe, functional. Um, 
Uh, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, fluff around it when you dad in. Mm. No, um, just so yeah, I can define what head to head you're talking about. Um, you're talking about the classic. Uh, you know, I play ball, then you play ball, then I play ball, and you play a ball, not um, like score attacks where we're both playing at the same time kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Uh, getting it uh, synchronized to play at the same time was uh, something that's not in okay. our plans. Yeah. I remember that um, at one point, Ryan on Android did a very early, early test of that. And it was really cool to see the scores ticking up in real time, but there were some real challenges with, particularly on mobile, getting uh, GSM stuff working right. So the, the actual getting it all to travel over mobile networks and the various ways that you have to pass through the data through all those networks, it was really causing you guys a whole headache. So, um, yeah, having a turn-based system, I think, will be, it's, I guess, more traditional pinball. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be a good move. Yeah, I think initially we're, we might head out in that direction. Um, but, you know, there, it is possible that in the future we might work on, uh, on something where you'd have to both be there at the same time. Um, and, you know, and, and possibly even be playing at simultaneously in the mm. game. Um, with live, you know, with the ball live going back and forth from player to player. And that, uh, I believe is a, a goal. That sounds pretty cool. I think especially if they ever bother to, you know, get NBA fast break in there and then we get head to head against that. Uh, oh, I'm just going to push that as much as I possibly can. Sorry. <laughs> you know, link table. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, in interesting possibilities that that would open up to, especially with tournaments. Right. You could do some injuries yeah. that way. Mm -hmm. Speaking of tournaments, and this is purely because we're selfish and uh, it's one of our requests. Just um, me to it, Chris. I was going to ask the same question. I'm reading your mind. Um, is there any chance of being able to create a custom setting tournament that the, the user themselves can set up and run among their friends? I, I would personally love that, and then I, I would like to push for it because I, I, I think it would be great to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, I want to play with the, this and this and this person on this and this table, you know, with this score set, right. you know, that, I think that'd be great. Um, we're kind of, we have to kind of finish the UI first, probably. Yeah. Would, would that be linked into what you're talking about with the head-to-head -head play? Or would it be just a completely separate programming, just like how you guys do with your monthly tournament? We may need to think about how we are implementing our tournaments. Oh, okay. um, I'd be... Just as an aside, and feel free not to answer this if it's like inside baseball stuff, but how how do you actually go and set up a tournament each month? Like what is involved in actually doing it? Because it, it sounds like it's a little bit more complex than just like clicking tables to activate into a tournament, right? Yeah, it's a little bit more complex. Um, and I'm hoping that at some point we can, um, we can you know, start – creating a new system makes it a little bit easier. But right now it's, it's database entries oh, wow. um, that we manually input. Um, we input each tier and we select the tables and the tables have, uh, you know, numbers that are associated with them. And we put those numbers in and, uh, you know, we manually, manually set up everything through the database. Right. Do you, I'm not quite sure. Do you actually change the tables over to tournament settings? Um, for the tournament, like, you know, disable extra balls and stuff like that. I haven't actually played a tournament for a couple of months now, and I'm a bit hazy on that. We currently, we currently don't. We currently don't mm. do that. Because that would require a completely different um, emulation, 
like Sith for each yes, table. Different right? ROMs. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe in the future we might be able to implement uh, tournament settings on a table uh, better in you know in the tournaments they can be in uh, tournament mode. But that's not promising. Yeah, that's just <laughs> I I would like to have at this stage. <laughs> yes, we would also like to do that. Yeah, it's something we'd like. Yeah, to do. that would be pretty cool. Because I mean, it, it, I was thinking the same thing when, and just in terms of it'd be funded to have different style tournaments, um, like pop up too, right? You know, like which, like pin golf, for example. Like, yeah. You know, first to 10, 10 million points on a table, or first to get five holes in one, for example, on no good gophers. Or something right. like that. That'd be really cool. That type of thing. It'd be a bear, but yes, it'd be cool. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe you know, maybe when we come up one of these meetings, sometimes we can put it on the list. You know, that's why we that's why we talk to you guys. <clears throat> what is is there anything uh that we don't know that you're possibly wanting to implement with the UI? Um I mean that isn't painfully obvious just with what we're looking at. Ooh, um, In other words, are you making uh, it open-ended that you can add more stuff to later? Yeah, that that was uh, in view of the problems we ran into with with space. We we really wanted to make it so that we could expand in any direction we wanted to. Okay. So, um, like the we threw all the game modes into their own screen so we could add more game modes if we wanted to. Mm. Ah. If we wanted a new a new challenge mode, you know. We could, we could do that without uh, too much trouble. So the new UI really is a a future-proof framework, I guess you could say, that allows you to plug things in really easily rather than... I imagine with the older UI, you're, you had to sort of really think about what you're putting where and, you know, to make sure that yeah. it was... Because it was a shared UI across all platforms, you had to make sure that it wasn't going to impact mobile, for example, or console players or things like that, whereas this is more of a unified approach um, and it allows you to yeah, sort of shove things in where you need to shove them. Yeah, we actually have some space for things now. Mm. I remember in the um, the Android interface, it, the, <laughs> the settings menu sort of became uh, a bit of a, a dumping ground for um, stuff that you guys obviously had limitations on with, with the, the menu. You sort of just had to put a lot of the setting stuff like, oh, for example, Kickstarter backer information uh, went into the settings menu and stuff like that. Have you been able to sort of, it sounds like you have been able to sort of break that out much more into a better sort of category system or a better folksonomy of information inside the um, inside the UI um, yes and no. Um, we have, to a certain extent, been able to kind of consolidate things and move things around. We moved some um, things. Uh, one thing we moved is the game settings. When you're in the when you first land on a table, you get the table menu and then the the table settings, mm -hmm. where you can switch to like two player, three player, four player. That's in the top middle of the screen, is it? I, I'm just trying to. In, like try and visualize the, the interface because I've just been living vicariously through Chris at the moment because I'm on Android, <laughs> so I, I can't actually play it. Um, so is that sort of top center of the screen? I noticed there was like a gear icon and sort of like a little mini options menu when you're in the flyover view of the table. We actually moved it into the table menu. Ah, so there's just the table. Cool. Yeah, so we, so we did reorganize some things, but... Uh, 
a, a lot of it also is still kind of still the same as it was. Mm, okay. I imagine the way you have it set up now too, it will be more obvious when uh, special things are going on uh, with Farsight. I mean, whether it be you know that a tournament is running that particular week, or uh, you know next time you guys do a Kickstarter, that it'll just you know boom pop up right off right away on that main screen. Yeah, we have the ticker in there. Cool. We have a, a timer to count down to the next tournament awesome. or to the end of the tournament. Oh, and the end um, of the tournament. I'm hoping that it'll. I'm hoping that it'll finally update for, um, you know, for time zones because right now our server time is is off by I think like six hours, uh, and that gets people pretty confused with the tournaments too because it'll say like a time on there, and the uh, you know the the game itself doesn't uh, compensate for the time difference mm-hmm. on the server. So I'm thinking we'd probably get that in there. That'd be pretty pretty nice to make it more intuitive for the uh, for the players. I imagine it give you guys a real opportunity to. Um... You know, do things like promote um, promotions per platform as well. So you could actually do, say, there was a flash sale on Android or Steam. You could actually push notifications direct for those platforms into the UI and not actually sort of spam everybody. If you get my idea. Um, yeah, yeah, it should it could be uh, platform specific. Where I'm, I'm hoping that it would be that way. We can, uh, you know, communicate different messages. Mm, yeah, that'd be really good. We could do that because uh, I'm thinking that it might. It might pull the information from uh, from a database, you know, yep. just directly from it, so we can update the text in the ticker, or you know, maybe change an icon on the on the front page. Um, but it all just depends on the platform, like what they require us to build into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, you know, because a lot of times they won't let you communicate with the outside outside servers, you know. All right, yeah, console is really strict; like they won't let you make any connection to anything outside. Everything will have to be submitted to them and then approved, and then. You know, so so it actually goes through. Depending on like how a, they are that, yeah. I was going to say, sorry, um, it's it's almost like a for consoles, it is actually a code change rather than a uh, a customizable push notification. So it's physically a commit into their build chain that they need to then approve and push down. Yeah, usually everything's built in like that, mm-hmm. and and that makes a lot of things. Uh, you know, a little more difficult to get done because it's it has to go through the whole process and then it has to stay there until we have a patch. Oh, right. pain in the ass. That's <laughs> such a pain. That must be so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it is It is pretty frustrating with the consoles. Yeah. yeah. But Once again, I'm reminded of why I jumped from playing on PS3 and went to Steam, and I'm much happier for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steam is a good... It's a definitely a good platform. It's it's funny too because I was thinking about how much effort uh, just went into even trying to get onto the PC and uh, trying to get into Steam when you had to go through that green light process and and right. you know when you were thinking oh do we go through Steam do we go through Origin or, or whatever the other uh, platform was the that was a possibility and it was just like right. Now that we're on Steam, you almost I've almost eliminated what the thought process was back then and, and how much of pain it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, too, we were uh, thinking of just self-distributing, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steam has uh, really been good, and it's so nice to be able to just update whenever we want. Yeah, oh, and then the updates happen so fast. That's what's incredible. It's just like all of a sudden... Uh, Mike Reitmeyer will yeah, throw up a notice and say, oh, hey, this just went up and I'll go check it. Yep, sure enough. It's already downloaded and in. <laughs> yeah, they don't really regulate us, you know, 
we just can we can do whatever we want. That's great. So it's pretty much like Android, and you just submit the patch, and away you go. It's live in about four or five hours. Yep, Android is very easygoing. Um, the only the only thing with Android is, is sometimes it takes a few hours for it to propagate to the store. Mm. Um, but we don't have that problem with Steam, and you know we just push it, and then everybody downloads it pretty much. Oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah. So what do you think um, the um, the the biggest challenge you've had with the converting things from the old UI to the new UI has been? What do you think that like the top thing was that's caused you guys the most frustration doing it? Mm, mm, yeah, this is a Lee and Lee and Ben. <laughs> yeah, well, from from a coding standpoint, the the old UI has just been there for so long, and there's been so many times where. You know, like you, we've already discussed where you just put something where you think it can fit. That kind of undoing a lot of that has been uh, kind of a, a difficult issue. Um, just dealing with code that's been there for so long, uh, so many years, uh, can you almost have to kind of just back away, get rid of a lot of the stuff that's been added and kind of build it up again. So imagine, yeah, it sounds like you're speaking to a bit of, like, this happens in pretty much every software project, the the issue of code rot and having that legacy code that you've got to sort of work around. And, yeah, you're right, sometimes you kind of just need to throw it out and start again. <laughs> and it's, tough, it's a really tough call to make because I imagine there are, you know, getting into more of the business side of things, there's, there's definite cost implications that you need to factor in when you're doing something as major as a UI rewrite and balancing out, you know, the the cost versus, you know, reusability of the code and all those sort of tough business things, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, definitely. The more the more you throw away, the more time you spend building it back up. Um, and then there's the consideration of what happens when you want to add stuff later. So then when you're building it back up, you got to make sure that you don't run into the same problem that you did before. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I have this just visual of, you know, grandma's house, and you're now up in the attic going, what the heck is all of this? And trying to clean it all out, and it's like, maybe we just tear down the whole building and start afresh. I don't know. <laughs> this is a, this is, I was going to say another interesting question. So if you were to put a figure on it, how much code do you think you were able to reuse with the new UI? Uh, I, I, pretty close to half. Oh, that's pretty good. Maybe 40%. Mm. I kept, I kept, well, it depends on what you consider UI code. I kept a lot of the lower level stuff. Yeah. Because essentially you, you'd be keeping the, I'd imagine the database structure would be pretty much static, but it's the front end that we see that would be changing. Yeah. Mo pretty much all, all of that was mm. written. Um, yeah, a lot of the basic stuff I kept, but pretty much all the fluff was gotten rid of and rebuilt. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, it really, it really depends on what you consider actual UI code. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anywhere between 40 and 50%, probably I was able to reuse in some fashion. Hmm. That's good. I mean, there's, there'd be stuff like, you know, graphic assets, like the ball icon logos that you could definitely reuse and that sort of thing. But I guess it depends on the differences between the old framework and the new framework, how much code you could actually recycle. Yeah. And I think graphic asset wise, we got rid of most of it, didn't we? Most of it's new. Yeah. 
I almost everything graphically is new. I think um, we even changed the uh, we even changed the little uh, arrow for the indicator when you're in the table instructions. Mm -hmm. Oh, like oh. a little hovering arrow that points to the feature. A little, a little, yeah, the little green pulse yeah. arrow. Oh, I didn't even think here. to look at that. I'll have to I'll have to boot that up and see. <laughs> So we went deep, as deep as we could, but there's, I think, uh, there's, there might still be a little bit left. And we've got the new music. I yeah. love the new music, just saying. Officially licensed It's good. We, we cheekily, yes. we were cheekily referring to the old music as the cheesy pinball wizard <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the older podcast. I mean, you guys had the, this was a, from what I understand, it was actually like a pinball hall of fame um, sound file wasn't it oh am i wrong there what the sound that we're no using the now? existing sort of like the the, the oh. slightly similar pinball wizard the cheesy pinball wizard um oh it, it could be a i don't know it may be i don't know yeah <laughs> no it's good to have so of course because you guys used the actual pinball wizard song that uh made the forum threads explode with speculation of oh that means they have the rights to tommy <laughs> for <a> pinball <laughs> That's a long, that's a long bow to draw. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. The licensing for the music and then the licensing for the pinball table are going to be pretty separate. It's, it's interesting too because that Tommy Pinball Machine is actually a stage production, not the the Who production of the the music. So that's going to be interesting oh. again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we recorded that ourselves. We didn't. We don't have the rights to use the actual song. Um, but I don't know if you guys were fooled or not. So that was actually, you guys did like re-record yeah, Pinball Wizard yourself. Wow. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't even pick it. Well done. Nice. Nice work. So you... Yeah. Norman was, uh, he was down doing a lot of uh, sessions and getting it all together. And uh, he got to use his tremendous uh, musical skills there. Sweet. Yeah. I didn't even pick it. Nice work, Norman. Hats off, mate. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, even though I'm sure you probably can't answer. Um, so I'll try and, and, and skate it as uh, close to the edge as I can. But this new UI, will it have any similarities to the Stern Pinball app UI that you will be doing? Probably too early to say one way or the other, but uh, like probably the Stern UI will have it. Okay. Okay. I will accept that and I won't push further because yes. I know you guys really can't say That's anything it. about it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much super embargoed. Well, I think that is about the time that we normally uh, uh, spend in this little uh, podcast. Um, I think that's about all the UI questions that I can uh, possibly come up with. I guess I've, I've just got one to maybe close us out here, Chris. Yeah. If for when, because the, the PC is now in public beta, right, guys? So anyone can go and and plug in and test this for you guys. Um, yeah. What do you think the biggest focus point for um, beta testers should be at the moment? Like what's the, the things that you're most concerned about, I guess, that you want us to focus on? Um, anything uh, from an art standpoint, um, anything that um, just hit, you know, like you were mentioning about the icons, mm -hmm. Like ah, this just doesn't make sense, or it's not—it's not feeling right. You know, we'd love to know that. Um, <clears throat> that that way we could change it and make it more intuitive. Um, those things. Um, as far as like game, the flow of the game and uh, switching screens—that'll probably all be set. Um, probably very little changes there. But as far as uh, just the way things look, we 
you know, we're, we're open to feedback there. One other thing I had to, and this is probably something that will reveal itself when Android gets its turn or the mobile platforms get their turn at um, beta testing. But um, I note that with uh, Chris was saying that on the, the PC, you can actually configure what keys are used um, for um, controllers, those hardware controllers. And I'm just wondering yeah. at this stage, it, do you guys know if that might be something that we can do on Android? I'm speaking Android here because I know that iOS has limitations on hardware controllers. Um, but on Android, I know that um, it's been implemented using the MoGA API. I'm just wondering if uh, plans are afoot to make that more uh, universal and configurable. That might be a question for um, Scott. Humble. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't believe we have plans for it yet. Mm. Um, but that does sound like something that would be pretty cool if we put it in. Yeah. And, and we definitely want to do things that are, uh, you know, make the game more fun for everyone. I think the biggest thing that I've been longing for for ages now, and it's kind of half implemented now on Android, where you can actually navigate everything using a controller. So everything has a key map and a navigation flow to it. So for me. This would allow, like for people like me with a, a Shield tablet, we actually have HDMI out, so we could connect the Shield tablet up to a PC, uh, up to a monitor, and pretty much have a like an Android console that you can play um, Pinball Arcade on and leave the couch. So having having that sort of deep level menu navigation would just be such a huge win. And from what I understand, the uh, Wii platform has quite a similar sort of a a navigation structure because it is completely um, control based. So maybe um, add that to the list of please, please have <laughs> for mobile. And, and, yep, we hear you. We definitely hear you. Yeah, and also sorry, Scott, in advance because I probably just added no eight to ten weeks to your workload. You don't have well, hey guys, I really appreciate you uh, come on here and, uh, and spreading the info about this new UI. I'm I'm certainly very pleased that it's here, and uh, like I said, from what little I've messed with it, uh, going back to the old UI was you know a needle to the eye. So <laughs> you're you're definitely on the right track, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, it's looking really slick. Uh, early beta looks really promising, and I think. Um, as more platforms open up, it's just going to become, you're going to get a wider set of feedback based on those different, perhaps slightly different interface uh, requirements, and it's just going to get better and better. So really great job, guys. I think um, you're onto a winner there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's what we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, we want it to be awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, again, thanks for talking to us, and anytime you want to uh, come on, let us know, and we'll let you uh spill whatever beans you feel like spilling or uh, get whatever feedback you need from us. Uh, always happy to uh, host Farsight on the Blockade podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. It was actually pretty fun, and uh, we'd be happy to do it again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. Until next time, thank you so much. All right, Jared, that uh, also wraps it up for us. Yeah. Um, I think this this might go down as our... The, the first successfully short uh, podcast. I haven't been keeping track of time, but uh, you could be right. This is probably about the That shortest. being said, it also might be the most packed with pinfall information that we've had yet. Definitely no, no pinball warnings will be put into this podcast. There's plenty of pinball here for everybody. And uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. Good to actually have a chat with the guys about it. So, yeah, 
it'd be interesting to see reactions from this. And you heard it, everybody. Uh, go deep dive into the public UI on or public and beta of the UI on uh, PC platform. Uh, poke every button, give uh, uh, suggestions, and they will certainly listen. And uh, that way, we can get the best product possible. But it certainly seems like uh, the door has been opened that they can adapt and push forward with this yeah. in the future. So that's fantastic. I really do get the feeling that the um, the, the UI will allow them to scale really well um, as more yeah. and more tables get added to the collection. And, um, you know, I think they do have room in the UI from the sound of things to expand on features. And that's really the biggest thing um, This for this uh, new UI. I think it's going to be great. All right. Well, again, uh, I just like to say thank you to the boys from Farsight. That was uh, Ben, who was the programmer, Lee, who was the graphic designer, and Mike Lindsay, who's the community manager, for uh, joining us today. Uh, also, thank you for Jared Morris for you know cutting into his normal work day to do this because uh, we recorded on a day that we don't normally do this. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, but, anything for good information for our listeners. So I'm down with that. Damn straight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, suddenly Pinball Wiz uh, 45B showed up and goes, what did I miss? No, I you missed everything, dude. Thing. Everything. <laughs> All the things. But that is a good reminder, folks. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, especially if you follow Blockade or at Blockade on Twitter. Um, we send out the push notice for when we're doing these recordings, um, and you can join us live and be able to comment in the uh, side there or listen live and see what's, what's what before we actually push this out onto the various podcast catchers. Um, That's right. Before so I actually add sound and things to it. You can get the raw version here, um, and you can yeah ask us questions in real time, or we might even let you in, and you can have a chat maybe. to us if you're nice. Yes. So <laughs> that being said, we're going to say later days and uh, we'll see you all again next week. Uh, who knows? We might have another surprise interview. I don't who know. Knows? We're working on things. We are. Things are happening. We're not just sitting on our little laurels and doing nothing here. You, little laurels little indeed. Laurels. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you later, guys. All righty. Thanks for listening. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own a table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast and receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Remember to leave a review on iTunes or any podcasting channel Blockade is distributed through. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Until next time, remember... Go for it!